Hello everybody and welcome back to How to Ruin a Good Walk podcast, episode three. Possibly been the biggest week in golf, so we're going to, or for the year anyway. So we're going to talk about the Masters, the good, the bad and the very, very ugly. But let's start where we always start, with Chopper of the Week. Yes, and two Choppers of the Week this week. One is actually our dear friend, Mr. Carl Plunkett. Uh, and actually a story where Josh was actually privy to the story and I just saw all these messages coming through on our WhatsApp group. And then a lot of you have been saying and, and wrote into us saying, okay, Alex, we want to hear that story that you sort of teased last week of me and Tom, first tour event, South Africa. Wow. I want to hear this. I've not heard this yet. Yeah, so and, this is new to me. And literally, I I, I, I think I think my parents, I think I told my parents like probably like the start of this year. <laughs> Tom was round and like we were like, oh, have you ever heard this story? And they like didn't know the story. Anyway, without being any more of a teaser, we've got those two special stories for you that would definitely be a bit of a giggle. And then like Josh said, we've got Masters Roundup. We've also got them What's Your Beef? And it's definitely boiling me. Boiling me. Bryson Fan Club's back in it for that one. 100%. Bryson Fan Club <laughs> never left, mate. Your, your, your boy did well, didn't he? Oh, so did yours, didn't he? Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, we'll get on to that. And then we'll finish off with Tech Talk. We're looking forward to this one. Some new stuff out on the market. But let's get started with Chopper of the Week. So, our good friend Carl Like, Alex said, we were, the story starts, we're playing at Northern Dune, we're putting cards Didn't in. Didn't play anywhere else this boy, by the way. Well, he's my club mate. So, uh, fair point. we're putting cards in and Carl is a very, very steady golfer. Very, he, That's it, mate. You lay that down. Yeah, you, don't, gonna, you don't knock that confidence down. butter him up. But we've asked him if it's all right to put this in here, so... We were playing, we were on the 16th hole at Northern Dune, which is a long par five, right? And we, we're still putting, putting cards in when this story was, and Carl's playing really, really well this round. Like, like he's on to break away. 100 for the first time. He's on it? to break 100 for the first time, right? And the thing about Carl is Carl has a, is very methodical in his <laughs> setup. In, he's very methodical in his setup and the way that he goes about each shot, Okay. okay? So he has a routine that he goes through. We all have a pre-shot routine. Carl just has a particularly... <laughs> no, but I think you're, you're sort of missing routine. a part of the story here, aren't you? Basically, he was having a slash, wasn't he? Well, yeah. So we, so we're, it's a busy day on the course. We're walking down to 16th tee. Me and Leachie, we tee off. Carl nips off to the back of the tee box for a wee. Right? Fair enough. We all do it. But we pick our times to do it. Okay, so there's a group behind us coming down the short par three. Me and Leachy tee off. Carl, we then turn around. Carl's just stood there. What are you doing, mate? Come on. You sure go, mate. All right, all right. So he's getting a bit flustered at this point. Oh, you're rushing him now, aren't you? Well, Methodical guy yet, getting I'm, absolutely rushed. Not yet, I'm not. Bloody hell, just wait. So next thing, Carl's going through his routine, rocking back and forward as he does, <laughs> oh, like getting ready, pepping himself up. <laughs> But this other group are on the green at this point. So the green behind you? Yeah. Okay. And it's not a, and the, it's not the a long walk between. T, no, the 16th tee is right near the 15th green. Yeah, isn't it? it's not a long walk. So I just politely said, come on, mate. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was it then. I've rushed him. I'm like, what are you doing? Come on. It, it, it's it. So he's rushing, he's rushing. And he tops it. But I'm not talking like an... Like, You're dying inside now, aren't oh, you? You're there like, oh, no, mate, honestly. no. But he tops it into like thick rough, loses the ball. So he hits another one. So he's reloading. He's reloading, right? But he tops it again and he like just makes the end of the fairway. 
So I'm at this point thinking, oh, God, here we go. Like, what do I do here? Because I've told him to hurry up. So I've, like, rushed him a bit. But then we, there's, a, there's a group on the green behind us. I'm thinking, bloody hell, mate, just hit the ball. So I, I'm a little bit further down the fairway. I hit my drive just to the right of the fairway. He then hits an iron up, well, halfway up the fairway. Not his best shot. So he's getting wound, I think he's getting more and more wound up at this point. We eventually get to the green, and I think he come off with like an eight. Like so he's not had anything more than I think a six all day. He played really steady, and he's just got this big snowman on his card, oh, right? No. So we walk into the next tee. I'm a little bit sheepish, not gonna lie. And we get onto get onto the tee, and I think he said something like, "If it's all right with you lads, I'm gonna take my time on this one." And I tell you what, I was like, whoa, 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 hold on a minute, you can't blame me. And he obviously, obviously he's just seen a little can't bit Can't blame anybody else, mate. Got to be your fault entirely. I'm going to have you back here, Carl. No, but he went, he went, I thought my mates were going to support me. Right, and I was like, oh my God. I'm like wanting the ground to swallow me up a little bit. Feeling bad, but in the same time thinking, yeah, mate, but come on, like, just hit the ball. Like, stop, there's no need to be that slow kind of thing. And it was quite funny like at the time and he just sort of kept going with it. Well, I thought my mate was going to support me, blah, blah, blah. He made 101 on the round. Oh, my God. Oh, mate. I felt so bad. Imagine you being that guy that stops Carl breaking 100. And I don't think he's broke 100 yet, has he? I don't think he has. And oh, that was the time mate. as well. And, and now he's at a point where he's game where we, last time he played, he told he was going to sell his clubs. So, <laughs> so basically, you're the demise of my partner, Mr. Carl Plunkett, basically. You know what well, the funny thing about this whole story was? Like, I wasn't playing with them, three of them. Um, I got like a WhatsApp, uh, a WhatsApp group between me, Josh, and Sam and Carl. And... Uh, just, just sat home and, and Sam, like, a bit of a wind-up merchant. Sam loves stirring Sam, the Sam pot. Sam loves the pot. And, exactly what he's And he doing. just goes, uh, good round, that boys. Oh, what did you do? I can't remember exactly what it was. Something basically like, well, that was nice of you, kinder. And I was like, well, what's happened here, lads? And it just starts going off. Yeah, but the, the thing. worst thing about that was, was Sam was saying the same thing as me, <laughs> but I got the brunt of it. Can't be Sam, can it? Got to be you. But it was, it was. I, I apologise. I still apologise this day, and I don't think he's let it go yet. To oh, be honest, mate, I wouldn't let it go. You've just basically stopped him breaking hundred for the first time. You're the reason why my partner doesn't play well now. This is the worst thing of it, though. If he'd, have, he'd have probably broke hundred by a couple of shots as well. Oh yeah, like, 90, 96, 97, yeah, easy. Oh. Sorry, Carl. <laughs> Guys, can you, if you're listening to this, like you, you must be able to relate to a similar story like that. Whether you've been in everyone's that place. got a mate that's slow, aren't they? Wow, I wasn't going. I wasn't going. I wasn't literally going down that route. But yeah, everybody does have a mate that's slow. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Carl. Uh, no, but I was going down the route of like you obviously being in that situation. Do you know what it gets me is like when sometimes and something on this note is like you get around the front nine, you're playing with somebody, you potentially don't really know them. I remember this in like a club comp when I was a junior. Oh, going really likes, aren't you? Great front nine. That twenty-two points. Well done. Keep you don't going. want to know that. Do Keep you? going for the back, and you'll win. You don't want to Thanks, know Thanks, mate. Yeah. Proceed to blow, blah, 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 all the way through. You've pretty much done that, but the Josh Carlo, Carl Paul, I only had three holes to go. And and like I said, he was playing so steady as well, so not to rub it in, Carl, but you should have broke 100 that day. But, mate, it was your fault. It wasn't my fault. I didn't hit the ball. Well, before we go any down this route any further, um, that is our first story of Chopper of the Week. I think, honestly, that is like probably one of the most relatable things in, in yeah. every aspect. I so, think everyone's, I've been there, everyone's been there. No, mate, no one's ever been horrible to you. Everyone's nice to you, so you just need, you're just horrible to the people. You know what I think, Carl? It was a bit of gamesmanship. Was, was Josh playing well that day? If he wasn't playing well, he's thinking, bloody hell, this Carl's going to beat me. I can't be having that. You know what I'm going to do? 
Oi, hurry up, mate. Get done here. That is horrible. That's I- not. No, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. But anyway, well done, Carl. You made Chopper of the Week. Well done, mate. Um, like we always say, guys, if you've ever got any stories, please do fire them in to us. Uh, how to ruin a good walk at gmail.com. Okay, so we're on to Chop of the Week. And admittedly, I guess me and Tom, Tom Murray, uh, are both choppers in this aspect. So let me paint a picture. Can we just make this point? I, and I, the the little bit I heard about this is this isn't even on the golf course. No, no, no. It's nothing to do with the golf oh, course. It's fantastic. on the way to an, an event. Oh, don't turn off. You want to listen to this? <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I'm going to say scarily. This is probably about six years ago, which is absolutely scary to think Getting that old, it, mate. that it was six years ago. So uh, I carry for Tom as kind of paint the whole picture. I carry for Tom at second stage of qualifying. He got through first stage of qualifying for the European Tour on his own. Then, uh, well, got through the whole of it on its own. I was just ca- I was caddying for stage two, which I think top fourteen out of like. 300 people at each stage of this like three or four stages so is this tour school tour school yeah tour school for the european tour and then we get through stage two tom's like oh, can you do final stage i was like yeah of course so anyway go to final stage we only end up getting a bloody full european tour card and then two weeks later tom goes all right mate well i want you to carry for the year and i'm thinking i don't think i've died and gone to bloody heaven here and now <laughs> what bloody, an experience oh eh? mate unbelievable so there's a good and there's bad bits to the story Okay, so first event is South Africa, uh, and well, gonna, it was a, this was your very, very, very first, first event. tour event. Like, I, think, I think Tom had played a co-sanctioned event before, so he'd, he'd be, played a tour event before, but my first ever tour event. So that just means go Leopard on, Creek, start South Africa. Like, <laughs> mate, honestly, like it's like golfing mecca. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's eleven and a half hour flight. Another bit to this story is Tom flew first class, uh, and I, I flew back back at the plane in the car, mate. <laughs> but the funniest thing about this whole story was, like, I was sat, it must have been about six hours into the flight, and this lady comes up to me and goes, "Oh, Mr. Murray would love to see you." Bloody hell! What do you bloody say, Butler? Here. What do you say? Time to come and time to come and see me. Time to bloody come down the back <laughs> of the plane himself. No, anyway, went to see him. That's a bit, of a bit of an add-on. So we land in South Africa, uh, eleven and a half hour flight, so a long. So we flew like mid, mid and overnight. So we took off like midnight, uh, kind of like five o'clock the previous day. Land in South Africa, yeah. like nine, ten o'clock in the morning, into Johannesburg. So if you can imagine a map, right? You've got Johannesburg, not in the centre, but we're going to imagine Johannesburg in the centre of our map. We wanted to go directly like east, okay? You got um, oh, what's it called now? I've forgotten the but Durban. Durban's like southeast as right. you look at the map from where like uh Johannesburg is so we're going east on the map that's like where we want to go so we got a sat nav with us and we got ordered a sat nav with the car go to the <laughs> rental car company get all the clubs we're all good here so we go to the rental car desk sign all the papers and the lady goes to us oh which, where are you going tell her if we're going to I'm going to say it's called Mapualanga it's called something like that where, right, okay. where the game reserve was we're staying in the game reserve so it's right well I'll put them sat nav for you Bloody hell, she's oh. very helpful, isn't she? Oh, no. She's, she, she's really helpful. They're really nice here. We were thinking, oh, it's quite scary, South Africa. I'm very welcoming. Wait, uh, when you started this, I thought, and you were saying, oh, we need to go east, I thought you were just, like, map and compass at this point. No, mate, You no, actually no. had a sat-nav. I had a sat-nav. Oh, okay. So, she put us in the sat-nav, and we knew it was about a seven-hour drive. We knew it was a long way. I think I can see where this is going, but... Is this? Are you passing the blame there? Is that what you're doing? Oh yeah, we, 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 me and Tom do not take blame for this one bit. We, we blame that lady. We blame that lady. So if that she ever listens lady, to this, you, you were very helpful, but you put us in the wrong direction. Um, so she puts in the sat nav. 
And we took it to the car, plugged it all in, ready to go. Seven and a half hours. I didn't even stop at the shops, get a few crisps, you know what I mean? Oh. Settle in for the journey. Tunes are going. They'll roach it with the lads. Bloody blue skies in South Africa thinking this is bloody wonderful. This will be here. We'll have a nice meal when we get there. It'll be absolutely brilliant. So we get down the road, we're driving. Obviously, if you've got a sat-nav on, you ain't taking any awareness of, like, road signs or anything like that, are you? You're not, are you? Like, don't... I mean... You're not. You're not. I'm sorry. If you were driving from here to London and you had your sat-nav on, you wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going past Dartford Tunnel. Yeah, but equally, I'd know if I was going the right way. Shut up. (laughs) Not in a country you've not been before. All right. I suppose all you've done at this point is trust the woman. Yeah. And, like, you you would, wouldn't you? You would, wouldn't you? I mean, I guess so, yeah. yeah you, you, you would. So, anyway, we're driving down here. Three or four hours into the journey, we have to stop to get some petrol. Stop to get some petrol. And it's probably getting on to being like three or four o'clock in the afternoon now. It's coming a bit dusk. Now, South Africa is not a place you want to be out at night on your own. On your own. So, it's getting to about three or four o'clock. Filled up with petrol. We've got an hour to go. We think, right, okay, we'll fuel it up before we get to this game reserve. So, in the morning, we can get straight to the golf club. Because it's about... We prepared. Think, Be prepared. prepared. prepared yeah, yeah. We're thinking absolutely we're off to a tee here. Off to a tee. We're ready to go. Ready to attack, yeah. attack the a- year. Exactly. So we're, we're filled up with petrol. Hour to go. It's coming to about 4, 4.35 o'clock now. It's just about to go dark. Pull up at this house. Buzz the buzzer in. Oh, yeah. We've got a room for the night. Uh, room for the night. Room for the week. Uh, we'll stay with so-and-so. Oh, we haven't got a name like that. But maybe it's under somebody else. Maybe it's under somebody else. Oh. Okay. No problem, love. Come in. Anyway. Go through these gates. Dogs everywhere. This woman that we spoke to on the thing is absolutely pissed out her trolley. Honestly, <laughs> pissed out her trolley. So me and Tom look at each other like, where the freaking hell are we here now? It literally looks like someone's house, but we sort of anticipated it being like this. Right, okay. Okay, so this house is called the exact same name as where we were meant to go. So we're walking in there and this lady goes to us, oh, what's the name again? Oh, Tom Murray. No, I haven't got a booking. We've got no bookings this evening. Got no bookings all week. And we're like, freaking hell, where are we? So we're like, tell her where we're meant to go. And she went, you do realise where you are? Like, oh, no. my God. Said, you're near Durban. <laughs> wait, wait, and you meant to be going... We meant to basically... We've gone southeast, as far southeast as you can go. And we went to go east. So you've gone... We've gone seven, seven hours, hours in the wrong direction, mate. <laughs> seven hours in the wrong direction. <laughs> so we're at this place, and this lady's pissed. And I think it must have been her mother-in-law or her mother was like, don't worry about her, she's fine. But you've got to stay the night. Me and Tom are thinking, freaking hell, we ain't staying the night with her. We're not going to our alive. And it's a bit of a weird setup. So we're in there, and we're like, right, okay, we're going to go, actually. She's like, no, you can't go. You can't drive at night. And we're like, what do you mean you can't drive at night? What do you mean you can't drive at night? It's too dangerous. You might get robbed and killed. And we're like, what? Robbed and killed? So, all right, we'll take the direct route um, through... Um, oh, I've forgotten the name of it on the map. It's on the right side of the map. Oh, Swaziland. Right, okay. This is getting sketchy, okay. mate. Okay, so I think so. we go, oh, we'll go, we'll go direct route. Because imagine on the map, right, we're bottom here. We're looking to go, like, up and right. Okay. okay the most direct route is just take the coastal road all the way up. And we're like, we'll go that way. She's like, No. <laughs> And this is, this is the sober mother or mother-in-law saying, no, you're not doing that. So she's looking out for you in She's looking sense. out for us, yeah. She, she thought, buddy, all these poor lads. Like, but did you have anything on the next morning that you need to like, yeah, practice, practice round? round oh, practice round, all God. this. So me and Tom look at each other like, how could we be so freaking stupid to go seven hours in the wrong direction? I mean, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be you, innit? Yeah, probably, mate. <laughs> so... We then, so we call Tom's manager and we're like, look, we've done this. She's like, she's, she's actually South African. Uh, she's like, what? She so, I, so, we, so so basically, 
she booked us a, a, a room back at the airport. So we, we had to drive all the way back to the airport. So you drove seven hours back to the, the airport, airport to go to get in a hotel to then drive seven, seven hours, hours in the, the next morning, morning mate. Oh yeah. my God. Okay, so Tom was the only person insured in the car. So like, you can't drive 14 hours in one day. <laughs> so I'm ended up having to drive. And the last thing Tom's manager said to us is, don't get out of the car at night. If you see a red light, don't stop. Just go through. We needed fuel. Obviously, you can't drive seven hours and not fuel up. Oh, my God. Hey, mate, I've been on pins, <laughs> mate. Okay, so we're like, we're, we managed to leave this game reserve, this house. She actually let you go. Well, sort of. We're like, right, we need to go. The, the, luckily, the, the mother, mother-in-law was like, right, okay, just go now. I'll open the gate, just go. So anyway, we're out, sort of like being ushered out this back entrance of this place. Sneaking <laughs> yeah. out. So we're leaving now. It's about 6.30. We're there for like 45 minutes. Oh, my God. So it's dark. And it goes dark like like that. It yeah. literally no goes dust, dark. Like, just no literally, dust. No dust. It goes yeah. dark. We see a storm coming, lightning's coming. And we're like, we're driving, right? We think, right, okay, if we drive for three hours... It's like a horror film. Mate, it's like a horror <laughs> film. We go and fill up with fuel, right? We have to fill up with fuel. So we're three hours into the seven-hour drive back to um, Johannesburg, and it is scary. Like, it's pitch black, and you just know, like, dodgy people, they will just... Yeah, well, the, yeah, yeah, the stories are like yeah, fake mate. policemen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, like, if a policeman comes, just pay them. Just pay them. So anyway, we're going to fill up at this... this um, uh, petrol station and it's pitch black and we're like what the freaking hell is going on here Mate, this is some way to start your year I'm talking <laughs> no. it bloody hell so we're filling up with fuel and we're at this petrol station and it is just full of people that are dodgy everyone's coming in obviously we don't look like we look like British we look like we stick, stick out like out a sore thumb tourists and people are like oh my god we're like people are staring at us here Tom anyway fill up with fuel get this minging sandwich get back in the car dart it back up Stopping over drivers, getting out of the car. We get back to Johannesburg. And my, whilst we're driving back these seven hours, my mum's texting me like, oh, have you got your accommodation? Oh. I'm like, yeah, mum, it's beautiful. <laughs> send us a photo. Send us a photo. That's like, I can't. Don't it's, tell it's, 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 it's dark, mum. I can't get you a photo. I'll get you a photo in the morning. She's genuinely thinking that I've arrived nice, safe and sound at this lovely game reserve on the Crocodile River. Beautiful. With Animals all know. around. Yeah. A bit like the Lion King. Pretty but... much, mate. <laughs> Instead, we're in a horror film. So we arrive back at this hotel and in Johannesburg and we sleep the night and we then have to drive all the way. At least you're driving the day, though, I guess, the next, the yeah, next day. Yeah, but like... How did it go? How did the competition go? How did, how did the golf go? We didn't make the cut. We started off really well, but we didn't make the cut. Yeah, no wonder. The, a, the drive time that Tom was absolutely... Oh, it was just... cream just... crackered. But then all that stress, mate, of dealing the, with that. The, the worst thing was we turned up and everybody's like, Hoop, how was your drive? And we were like... So they all knew? Yeah. How like, do they know, though? People talk, don't they? People talk. Oh. People talk. So we've driven... Basically, to summarise this, we drove 14 hours and we ended up in the same place. Moral story is... Don't, don't follow us that now. Don't trust the sat nav or the woman that put it in at the rental place always honestly, double check honestly and especially when you're playing your first event on the European a little, tour I got, got to this place beautiful same name as the place we were bloody at um, absolutely beautiful starved and it was stunning it was great but then obviously when you're when we're right on the edge of the Kruger National Park and we thought we got this Ford Fiesta this is another story same week things won't get any worse we think right you know what we're going to do we're going to take our Ford Fiesta into the Kruger. Well, that's just stupid. No, 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 you can do There's actual roads. Yeah, but it's not exactly Nosley Safari Park, is it, mate? <laughs> it's not Nosley Safari Park, mate. <laughs> and so we take it on these actual roads, and we see a dirt track, and we go, are we having this? 
down a dirt track. Only water buffalo at the end of it, and all sorts. Dumb and dumber over oh it. Oh my god, mate! I end up getting a puncher. We then have to, we then have to get this puncher changed. You can't write this, mate. It? Honestly, it sounds like I'm making it up. We have changed this puncher. We go out the national park and we go to petrol station. We're changing this puncher, and five or six people are walking up to us as we try to change the puncher, saying, "We'll do it. We'll do it." And obviously, they're doing it because you pay him. Yeah. So anyway, we're like, "Yeah, okay, you do it." I have to pay him to do it. I mean, it, it was like, I think it was like 100 rand, which is like four quid. It's a lot over there. Yeah, it's a lot over there, but the point is... If you don't pay him... I'm not being funny. They're going to dust I you have, up, mate. I have zero sympathy. You, you, mate, we're exploring t- the culture. Exploring the culture in a four fiesta in a safari park. Again, I repeat, it's not newsly, mate. Do you know what I mean? We're getting the full experience, mate. Full experience. Whatever. Well, I think that beats Carl. You, you and Tom are choppers of the week. But as we finish this off, I've got one more. I've got one more thing to kind of. Finish How can this it off. get worse? So, if you change your car in a rental car, they charge you for the tire, don't they? Yeah, if you change the tire, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. they can see because the beading's gone on it. Well, it depends where you put yeah. the tire, mate. So what we did is, tire, listen tire. to this. This is absolutely bloody genius. We drove, used that tire. Obviously, not had that much wear in it. Got back to the airport. Got these other guys to change it over, pump it back up, drive in. Bob's your uncle, never got charged for it. So you gave him back? Yeah. You know, it's people like you, mate, that used to ruin my, ruin my when I worked in rental. People like you, I'd then get it from the manager. That's got a flat tire. You didn't notice that. That's what I licked. Well, what the moral of the story is, cheat the system. Cheat the system and don't don't trust the woman in the rental place. Honestly, like... And don't drive your car in, I, in a safari park in you, South Africa. You, you literally couldn't write the story driving seven hours in the wrong direction. Quite possibly one of the most scariest moments of my life. Well, I'm sure everyone agrees like that you did. thunder it. and lightning coming down. You're thinking, I can't stop. There's red lights. Yeah, but checking. you had your thunder buddy there, didn't you? Thunder buddy there. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thunder buddy and had a nine iron in the front seat next to me. Woodoosh! <laughs> nine nine iron's going to do nothing against a gun, mate. No, that's, that's very true. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll quite happily... You've got to take it. I'll take chop of the week. And I'll, I'll add Tom to this. Sorry, Tom, for telling the story. That's mate. even worse than me at Normandy. I'm sorry. It's not even golf. Like, you don't even play golf at any yeah, point in not, that story. Yeah, we've not hit a single shot. But it counts in Chocolate League because you're on the way to a golf tournament. Yeah, first event. Oh, let me finish this, actually, on a really cool note. So, on that... what well, we're meant to be playing golf on the Tuesday. Um, we went to go up and be quite, ref- quite fresh turning up to this event. We arrived on the Monday. Anyway, we arrived there Tuesday afternoon and we're playing golf or practice times on the Wednesday. Walk up, go and sort our locker out. Money stood in the locker room next to Molinari, next wow. to Sergio Garcia, next to Danny Willett. I'm like, I've that died and gone to heaven that. here. That this is, is like unbelievable. And the golf course is literally the most picturesque golf course in the world. Like, I think it's the 13th hole. Literally, the, 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 the green, it's like green cliff face. And you're looking out over this cliff face and you can just see like um, leopards. And I mean like, it's just like, wildlife. Yeah, it looks fake. It looks absolutely yeah, fake. And I think, like we said last week, guys, we're going to bring more stories from this. I think that's like, something that not many people, or I don't know anyone else has done it. So Christ, no one's stupid enough to do that. But we're going to bring, like, talk about stuff. And so I want to know what it's like being in a locker room with those guys. Like, Sergio Garcia, mate, that guy's a legend of the yeah, game. Yeah, I like, hate Molinari, yeah. legend of the game. Like, he wasn't quite a legend of the game then, like Molinari, but. He was on his way to be. Yeah, look at him now. Look at yeah, yeah, everything yeah, after yeah. the Ryder Cup. Yeah, oh, 100%. I'm, but like this is like probably like two two or three years before that. Yeah, but... I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not saying he's not hard in the game, but... Sergio Garcia, Danny Willett, Masters champions, mate. Yeah, he was just won the Masters that previous year. Legend of the game. No, he won the Masters. No, he hadn't won the Masters. 
Actually, I can't remember. But do those guys like talk to you? Or you, uh, I, if that was uh, me, I'm still in the corner. They definitely say hello. They definitely say hello because like a few people came up to us like, oh, well done, Tom, getting your card. Well done, Tom, getting your card. Well like, done, Tom, driving 14 hours the wrong way. Yeah. I thought the scariest thing was probably driving and not even insured in the car, one of us. <coughs> Absolute carnage. Anyway, I, oh my God, I'm dying on us there, guys. Let's round this up. I'll happily take chop of the week for that story. I do hope you enjoyed Oh, absolutely stupid nonsense, 14-hour trip to go nowhere. Let's get into um, tour trash talk. So, it's Masters Roundup. I think we've got to start off with our picks. Obviously, my pick, and I, I owe my man to the right, a fiver. There he does. Um, yeah, he does. I mean, well, our, both our picks only just made the cut, but you were nowhere near. Hang on, your mate, buddy, absolutely capitulated. And we'll get on to him. So, right, but... Bryson, all this talk, going in favour at absolutely dissolved see I think he's shot himself in the back here a little bit with his comment on the um, 67 oh, what are you, what are you doing there what are you doing and then to come out saying oh I don't feel well I'm sorry that is a load of absolute crap I mean we, we, we can't speculate on that no no, he... no 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 I'm, so, I'm not having that I'm backing him if he's not well he's not well but here's my, my point in it is if you're going to say it you've got to back it up you've, you, you're piling pressure on yourself there and when he when he started on that on the tenth on the Thursday, and he played a nice draw around the corner of his three wood, he hit it onto about what five foot, and he, I think he missed the putt, but he then made the par. I thought we're on here, he's playing, and then that absolute wounded pigeon on the eleventh, mate. The old what well, I've got it written written down here. Alex texted me saying Bryson's been watching you. I Cheers, did. lad. Big snap hook into the trees. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? Like, he just, I just don't know. I just think he just looked wild from the get-go. Yeah, and like, they were talk- this, this, some of them made me, made me laugh, really. They were talking, Paul McGinley was talking before the round about how he was sort of, sort of saying how it's easy for the guys now to hit long. Like, the technology's different. Where, like, the big hitters, their bad shot was left and right and this and that. And it was almost as if Bryson watched him go, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong. First I'm one goes left, left and right. Second one goes right. Like, and he was just all over the place all weekend. And he just—it was almost like he couldn't get it dialed in. Like, even uh, got had a, a headache, mate. Apparently, and it felt a bit dizzy. Um, sorry. If you're, if it first thing someone goes, you see it. Like, imagine, remember when you played football as a kid and you started losing. Oh, don't feel well. Don't feel well. Don't it, feel well. It stinks. Absolute. Shut sh- up, Bryce. Bit of a cop out, but cop out. It, it was one of them. Like, yeah, it does. He's actually really ill. I apologise. He's really yeah. ill, but like, it sounds a bit of a cop out. But it, it, it was almost like after that first hole, it just wasn't meant to be for him. Like he was hitting them shots left and right all over the place off the tee, which he hasn't been like. No. Leading up to the Masters, and okay, he put a pile of pressure on himself. But then, like, even down to day three, where he hit that driver off the tee on the third into the rough on the left hand side, and then lost the ball. Mate, those memes on that were absolutely fun. so funny. I watched this one. I forgot what account put it up. It's like him getting in the buggy going, Hello, darkness, yeah. my old friend. <laughs> but I've never, this is the thing. I've never known a golfer be so unrelatable because how far he hits it, but so relatable wow. in how he hits it this weekend. Like, we've all been there at club golfers. What do you do as a caddy? Which you could be like, Oh, just, just, just hit it a bit softer. Let's just get a smooth into play. Would you? No, but not even hit it a bit softer. Mate, just hit an iron. Why, why are you taking your driver back to the tee? Yeah, okay, I understand you've got to get it, you want to get it on the green, but you hit the same shot twice. But I don't, the thing is though, with, on that note, like, I think if there'd been fans there, you definitely would have 
found that. Yeah, and okay. that's the thing, and that's where, like I was saying before, before the tournament, how it's going to look wider, it's going to look more space. Actually, it's backfired in that sense there. Yeah, because you haven't got as many people looking for the ball. Yeah, exactly. And but the amount of people they had looking for, they've got it on the camera where it went in. How they've not found it, I do not know. Because I mean, the first cut, we possibly can't call it rough there. Uh, the first cut looked pretty thick. Yeah, I'm saying it's longer. It's longer than it normally yeah. is there, isn't it? And I, but at that point, if that happens to me, at that point, I'm thinking, oh god. It's just not my week, this. So, what are we rating his performance out of 10? What are we rating it out of 10? I'm going to go a very, very strong four. For his for his standard. So, what, where did he finish overall? Oh, it was one under par overall. Okay. I think he, like, tied 29th, even a bit lower than that. Like, it was, he was nowhere near. I mean, if... And, for, like, Tiger Woods said, he's never, other than himself, previously, he's never known anyone be talked up and hyped up so much leading to a competition. And I think that's got to Bryson a bit. It's sort of, I was like, I can't speculate on this, but it's like he's believing his own hype. Like he's going to walk in, turn up, hit the ball a mile, and it's just not worked for him. Do you think it's the opposite? Do you not think like it got to him? Like, oh, almost people are saying I'm going to. Yeah, well, that, even the same thing. It's backfired. It. Yeah, but the way he's gone, oh, it's a par 67 for me, that stinks of being a bit overconfident. It's a bit overconfident, that, isn't it? A little it's bit. A bit. It's a bit too much. It's like. It's like you walk around Northern and going, oh yeah, level par is wrong for me, lads around here. But Anything better than level par. But that's the thing, and he's piling that on himself, and I think he shot himself in the foot. And they were talking again before about how the US PGA are going to want to change, the PGA Tour are going to want to change some stuff because he's hitting it so long. And that's annoying me, that's going to come into my, my what's the beef a little bit, a little bit later on. Oh, we said this before, and, like if, you, if, he was equal, if someone wasn't equally as good a putter as hard as he hits it, they would not be looking to change the game. That's the thing. and It shows he's not going to win every week because he's not going to be dialed in every week. That's the thing. And he, he's got to turn up dialed in and let him let him hit it as far as he can because it's great. Like they, like they were saying all week, even if he's hitting it left, right, all over the planet, it's great It's great TV. It's great to watch. It's good for the game of golf. You never know what's going to happen. I'm sorry. He's like, you've, I mean, the guy that won, DJ, he's not sure. He hits it a mile as well. Damn it, 350 yards. It shows it's not all about distance, Bernard Langer. Oh, unbelievable. Like, amazing. Like, to be, he's now the oldest player to make the cut by about a month. 62? 63 in two months, something like that. And the guy forward 63 in one month. Like, what, was four under after the second round? He was in the mix after the second round. Like, okay, he was realistically probably never going to win it. But, like, the way DJ played towards, like, the, after that second day, was he would just sort of put put his foot on the gas and pull away. And I don't think, I don't think realistically, if he kept playing like he was playing, like he did, no one was going to catch him no. because of how good he played. Even, and we're going to come on to talking about Rory, like, the way Rory played following his first round was amazing, but he left himself too much to do. And if anyone's going to catch him, it would be someone like Rory, mm. but he just wasn't there. And DJ was just another on another, like, level you know what like, I, I would have thought it'd be, it would sound subtle this is not, it's not just about TV it would have been better TV if he had those little wobbles that he had at the On start the at the end yeah. but it's fair play to him really like it shows how impressive he is not to wobble when it when it mattered now before we get into Rory I want to talk about Tyrrell Hatton like there's a lot of hype about him yeah. performing well this week he just didn't he just didn't he just didn't at all no. did he miss the cut I, I think. think he missed yeah, the cut yeah missed the cut but there was some big big names Matt Wolf missed the cut Matt Wolf started so well that first round but ended four of a par and missed the cut. Obviously, on the second day, I had, I had, I had a worse round. Colin Morikawa was nowhere to be seen. Jason Day was nowhere to be seen. Like some big names was cut, and that, that's the thing with the Masters. Obviously, Bryson got in by the skin of his teeth. Your man got in by Jordan Spieth got in by the skin of his teeth. 
Justin Spieth. <laughs> but I'll tell you a little story about that, guys. Josh on a text message the day. Ah, oh, your man's not doing well, is he? Justin Spieth. Justin Spieth. Do you mean Jordan, mate? It was a mistype. Anyway, you've got that fiver. I'll give you that fiver after this. Because he did not make the top ten, did he? Eight. And Let's here's a story swiftly. though. Here's a story though, guys. I um, covered myself on this one. Put a little, <laughs> put a little this two... is very sneaky from Josh. Absolutely very, very sneaky. Put a little £2.50 bet on each way. 66 to 1, Jordan's 59, just to cover myself. Just in case I did have to give that five. So right basically right. what he's saying is, he, he put a fiver on a bet that if, I, if, that if he lost, he would actually still make 95 quid. Still going to be £2.50 up though, aren't I, lad? Every win's a win, guys. Every win's a win. So, something I want nah, to... you're going to be even, mate. You're not going to cost me anything. I'm gonna, you cost put a fiver on, and you're going to get a fiver off me. No, but two pounds. Yeah, five on. So, yeah, my bad. Oof. I'm going to be even. This but... guy can't do maths. Hey, what do you wish for a handicap, mate? It'll be off, it'll be off single figures before you know it with maths like that. Wow. Cheers, mate. Anyway, I want to move on. I want to talk about how some of the golf was so relatable from a club golf point of view. So, the way Rory played in that first day, some of them shots, I was like, bloody hell. Similar again, snap hooks into the trees, playing out of bushes. Like there was that um that the sixteenth we hit the par three, where he just hit that shot at this like big high full finish, and it was like twenty so yards short of the green, yeah. front left, and the flag's back right. Yeah, or the the par five round the corner. Yeah, and he's snap hooked it into the bushes on the left hand side, and he's literally hitting out of a bush. Well, John Ram did a similar thing as well. John Ram topping it on, on the eighth hole on day three, topping it. John Ram, John Ram went from being. Hitting two all in ones in the practice round, one of which he skimmed across the water, yeah, rolled it round the green and dropped it in to topping it on the eighth. Now, if that's not, and then he hit it into a tree and ricocheted back into a bush, and that obviously ruined ruined his tournament, and he he was out of contention well, from Justin, that point Justin on. Justin Thomas did the same thing on on day three. Yeah, tried to go like the sneaky route through the trees, and it hit coming, the tree. And it coming back at came, him, came back out. I think we'd have gone to the fairway or back onto like a shot where you could hit it to the green, but still. Like I, I think you saw them make some more silly mistakes than you ever would, because it's not that intensity of the crowd. Yeah, like it's not like the pressure because obviously the pressure's on, but it's it's not there's that pressure no, like, of you got a lot of people watching, watching you. you. Yeah. yeah, and I think from my perspective as a club golfer, I'm starting to thinking, and I, the amount of te- times I sent a text, Tiger getting a ten, I'm thinking, but yeah, it's making me feel a bit better about my game if he can do it. I mean, let's just talk before we talk about like Rory fully. Let's just talk about that ten. Why have you not gone back to the tee? Well, they they don't do they? Jordan Spieth didn't do it. Yeah, but why two would years you not? Ago, three years ago, you've already got he... the yardage. You've only just come a little bit short. Why would you not go back to the tee? Well, is it's, bit... imagine trying to hit a pitch shot of a downhill line into the grain, a little bit wet because it's peed it down, and then trying to hit it over. No, just no. And then that bunker shot was oh my god. So you as a as a caddy there, I'd be like back you're to saying tea. to Tom. We're here. going back up there. No, let's hit it from here. Because we're not, we're not going to the drop no. zone. We're going, we're going no, and hitting from no, the tee. No, you're going to hit it, let's hit it from the tee. Beca- only because it's not a long hole anyway, for one. Yeah, it's only 158 yards. I mean, what do I know? It's just Tiger Woods. But my, you know the yardage. You've already carried it onto the green. Just span off. You've already hit a pretty decent shot, but you're being penalised because you're playing at the Masters. If he hit that same shot, but on line with the bunker, probably where he was aiming. Like, if you look at Tiger's last round last year, over that bunker... Really tough two put, but over the bunker, middle of the green. Yeah. If he takes it a little bit further left, he's over that bunker, coming up short, spins into the bunker. Worst case scenario, you're hitting it left of that bunker. Then you push it a little bit, you're in the bunker. You, you, I'm sorry, you, 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 okay, you're still probably going to make maybe a double, but you're not making a ten. Then, but the way he reacted to it was pure tiger fashion. 
four birdies in the last four well, holes. Yeah, just turned it on, didn't he? But this is the thing, though, like... If you had done that, it would have finished about like, 10 under, yeah, something. Yeah, it'd have, been, it'd have been 10, 11 under, absolutely flying. Like, you know way what? up there in the top 10. You know what? Imagine he didn't make that 10, right? And he finished with four birdies. If there was people there... That roar could have made it a little bit harder for DJ. Yeah, and they, they, they said that, didn't they? That, like, they're, they're, you can tell when people are making moves because of the roar around but the golf could've... course, but you didn't have that. No. So for me, for, from DJ's point of view, all he's got to do in the position that he was in is just think about his game, make birdies where he can, make pars where he can, make sure he's just playing steady because he's not having that factor of, Oh my god, who's making a move here on me? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? Oh, he's got he's looking at the scoreboards for that. Yeah. And, and he can choose to ignore them really. Or his caddy or his brother can just give him the information that he needs. Like, yeah. right, okay, we're two ahead, or right, okay, or if he asks like how many ahead are we? Like, because definitely it's definitely gonna change your game plan if you know you're ahead at the Masters. But I don't in my opinion, I don't it's probably not a golf course you can be defensive on. It's probably not a golf course you can stand there and try and nurse it around. Anyway, well done to Dustin Johnson. And by the way, Definitely, his missus has was told to wear that green Adidas thing. Oh, right? there's going green on there, there. Yeah. Right, what it is? If he wins, make sure you're in green. You're in green, yeah, exactly. We want to sell some of these, get them out. Yeah, pretty much. But like Danny Willett did the same thing. Obviously, yeah. the only person that doesn't do it is like it's Tiger. Tiger wearing the wearing the, uh, wearing the red. But let's talk about Rory then. Yeah. Because I think something that needs needs mentioning, his first round in majors. The yeah, stat I, is, I is, couldn't. I genuinely couldn't believe this when when, when you told me this. Yeah. Stat. So the stat is, in the first since 2015, in the first round of the majors that he's played, he's 28 over par. Do you and, think that's all to do with the hype? Well, this could be. But let me put it into a bit of context. In rounds two, three, and four, in the same time, he's 61 under par. What's that's? So, wonder how many more majors. Well, he would have won this week. Me, if he if he'd have put a, a better first round together this week, that I would love to have seen him and DJ going on it, and I think that's what it that's what this Masters missed. Yeah, okay, you had Sung Jm up there and you had Cameron Smith up there, and we're going to talk about those guys in a sec. But are they going to push DJ? Are is DJ looking over his shoulder thinking? Do they have the same wow factor as Rory McIlroy that's won a major championship this before? Thing. Probably not. If Rory's coming up behind DJ, DJ's looking over his shoulder. And I'm not, not taking anything away from those guys, but they're, they're no, quite they new on tour. Got, They've I'll not go. got the wow factor like Rory has yet. Don't get me wrong, but I think Sunjay will be an unbelievable golfer and he plays more golf than anyone. That's something we're going to talk about. But he, him and Cameron Smith just don't carry that same weight that Rory does. No, 100%. Or even a, even a Justin Thomas. Do you think it made a difference if Rory was playing in the same group as DJ as well? Like if he started the way he did and knocking a few birdies in and he's playing with DJ and he's a little bit closer to him. Especially on, especially with the Masters being like it was with no fans. Yeah. Yes, because DJ's witnessing it. Yeah. He's witnessing the push yeah. where, like we said, without the roars and without everything going on, he didn't need to worry about it. Yeah. He's just worrying about him. Yeah. So, definitely. But, if Rory sorts that out, he should be, he'll be winning everything. But it's just that How first round. How can you round. sort it out? Like, what is it? Like, because obviously he's looking at it back now and he like, you're always going to have one round that's not as good as the others. But he's probably looking at Barr and saying, actually, I've had a pretty decent Masters again. Obviously, he's decent for him. He obviously wants to complete the career Grand Slam. He wants to win. But it's not like he's had a terrible Masters. No, he's not. Not by any stretch of the imagination. But he has to he has to look at it and think, what is it that's going on? Do you think it's just mental? Round? Do you think it's, it's just mental? It's got to be. It's got to be. Because, but even to the point that they were saying, like... On the on the twelfth, where he's stuck it in the water, 
why is why is he swinging the club like that? He never swings the club like that, and he never in from the round two all the way through to the the final day, he didn't swing the club like that. But he had this big long like finish for a shot that's actually normally like a cut off finish, and he's cutting it into the hole. Look at him here, look at Kinder here, Rory. You're playing it all wrong, mate. You've won three majors. Josh Kinders plays at Northern, and he's telling you he's hit a cut off follow through. No, but that's what that's what. No, 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 no. It's what you just said. You were it just giving it that. Oh yeah, Rory should give it this. You know what? I think you should write an email to Rory and say, mate, look, well, I that's look, what I they look were saying. Though swing. that's what they were saying though is he's not swinging it on that first day. He wasn't swinging it like he would normally. And okay, maybe maybe the fact. But he, I just I, you know what it is. I think he gets in his own way. I personally think he gets in his own way. And I'd I'd agree. I think it's. I think it's it, there's got to be something mental there, and whether it's the pressure being piled on him. But the pressure was on Bryson this week. Like, yeah, there was little bits that he's really going to fly in under the radar, which he very nearly did if he just sorted that first round mm. out. But I just if he sorts that out, he's back, he's flying again, and that's where he needs to be. He needs to get that sorted. But I just, I just, I know you're saying everybody says the same thing. He needs to get it sorted. But what is he trying to get sorted? What is it? What What is he trying to sort? It's his mental game. He's, he's obviously not turning up ready to go. But I'm not being... Like, think that the, he can't be. The thing, the thing is, he, he, he will definitely have a team of people around him that will work on each facet of the game. Yeah, he'll have a sports psychologist that's yeah. there for that. Yeah, 100%. So, like, it's not like he's not working on it. It's that kind of... I don't... I don't know. I, w- I wish we could get inside his head or see what he does on a day-to-day basis and be like... You're obviously an unbelievable player, but what is it? Just that one round at each major, you seem to just get in your own way. Yeah, and something else I want to touch on, and maybe this is something that DJ does really well that maybe Roy doesn't. And we talked what, about this. Well, ice we... running through his veins. Well, yeah, we talked about this while while we were watching it over text. Like the way he approaches the golf course, the way he walks around the golf course, the way he plays, he's very slow. Like, okay, he's quick in the sense of. His his shots and playing the shots apart from when he's on the green, but the way he walks around is very slow. He's not rushed. He's sort of got that swagger about him that says, "I think this is me." Yeah, like you you said to me, you think. Imagine he runs around like he's really quick in person, like. (laughs) But then on the golf course, he's dead slow and and methodical and just. I and I think that's part of that mental side for him. Yeah, I definitely think. I I mean, he's a big, probably slow, as in like. Quite like lazy, not yeah. lazy, but, but kind of like relaxed flow. person yeah, anyway. Yeah. But I definitely think that if you look at the opposite to that, like Ian Poulter, quite bubbly, quite twitchy, yeah. quite this, or Keegan Bradley, quite Bryson. twitchy, Bryson, yeah. And then I, I definitely think it's a bit like, right, okay, I know I get excited sometimes. I'm gonna walk everything really slow. And I've talked about this on my YouTube channel about instruction side of things. That how you approach a shot, how you walk up to a shot, definitely, definitely, definitely has an impact on what actually happens. Hundred percent. And I think the other side of it as well, and the mental side of it, he's playing with. Cameron Smith and Sung Doom yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah. And they're seeing him swaggering about the golf course. Like swaggering he, Like out. he owns the place. And that, from a mental side, okay, they're professional golfers, yeah. But that, from like, Sung Doom's 22 years old. It's got to be intimidating. A guy that's won one of you were so good. And, what, won 23 times on tour. He's looking at him like this is potentially like a guy I'm looking up to. Yeah. Look, he's walking around like he owns the place, and he's 17 under, and he's got three holes to play, and he's gonna and he finishes 20 under at the Masters. That's intimidating. New record. New record. But this is you know Cameron Smith broke the record first, and the first player to go around uh, four rounds under in the 60s. No one's ever done that before, which I think is mad. You look at the, like, like Tiger. Tiger's never done it. 
Or was it since 2002 something maybe when Tiger no, did No, no, 2002 was the last person, I think, to win the... He was world number one. World number one to win the Masters. When Tiger won it yeah. and DJ. And that's, that's a crazy start as well. You thought the, the way But it's so competitive now. When Tiger was in his pomp, like, originally, like... I'm not going to use the word untouchable, but, like... But he dominated the game. Dominated the game. Where Whereas now, you look at so it... It's so competitive now. Everyone's just that different level. And Ty- Tiger's created that. Yeah. Um... And the other thing, and the thing with that is, look how often world number one changes. Hmm. And at one point, you Tiger had, didn't play for a year, and and he was still world number one. Yeah, and and you look at it, and you had at one point you had DJ, John Rahm, and Justin Thomas, world one, two, and three at the top of the leaderboard. How often do you see that? You Not very. You don't. Not very. Um, but all in all, what a Masters! Like, I think golf needed it. I really do. Yeah, definitely. It's like the mecca of golf, isn't it? Yeah. You know what got me? You know what got me? It really annoyed me. This I don't know why it annoyed me. Paul McGinley was like, people, it's like, the, it's like the Americans want to win this. It's their home tournament. Well, it's not. Last, US, ta- US last time I said you had the USPJ and the US Open, so I think that's an absolutely outlandish comment from him. Sorry, Paul. Um, <laughs> but, but it is because it's not their home tournament. Obviously, I'm not saying you don't want to win it over any others. You probably do because it's like the home of golf in terms of like America. But it's not their iconic tournament. Here's the thing. Is the Masters the biggest prize in golf? You look at it, you, so from a major point of view, you've got the Open, the US Open, the Masters, uh, the PGA Championship. Is the Masters the biggest prize? You know what? I don't even know the answer to that question. Okay, I'll, put it, I'll phrase it in a different way Which for one you. would I want to win? Which one would you, if, if you could, if you had a chance to win, play in and win one, which one would it be? And I'll make it harder. It's the Open at St. Andrews, oh. the Masters. Or US Open. open Pebble, it, Pebble Beach. US open at St. Andrews. 100%. Really? 100%. Like, no one that green jacket. Off. The thing is, though, the Open is the Open. So St. Andrews is the home of golf. Like, obviously, the Masters is unbelievable. But is it... This is my question to the Masters. Is it unbelievable because of the whole ambience of the place? Or is it just the tournament? Yeah. If but, that tournament moved around, if that to- if the ma- if the Open stayed at the, uh, St Andrews every year, would it have the same factor of the Open champion? You are the champion golfer of the year if you win the Open. Well, you're not if you're in the Masters. No, you're not. No, you're actually called the champion golfer of the year. Yeah, but is that not just a, a golf? Like... No, 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 no. When you win, when you win the Masters, when you win when you win the Open, it goes and welcome your champion golfer of the year. So and so. Yeah, but is that not just a historical thing? But if you look at it and, ha- and how things have changed, is there not more around the Masters now? And more hype around the Masters? Look, if it, if it's me, I understand what you're saying. But for, my, for, for me, I think that green jacket is the, the most sought-after thing in golf. I don't know. Having that Champions Dinner I the year after. I just don't know. I think... It's, it's a tricky one. Guys, it's email whole, in. It's what would you rather? around it, yeah. I think. Guys, email in to how to in a good walk at gmail.com what would you rather win out of all those majors what would you rather win that's such a toughie I'm still thinking about it now I definitely would want to win the Open I interesting just, I didn't think you'd go I think you'd go I thought you'd go the Masters I really the did. only thing is like you can't compare them in a sense because you have things like the Champions Dinner you have things like the Crow's Nest you have all these things which are more I guess like traditions which are done every single year, so there's that bit more of a buzz about it. Whereas the Open, you're the champion golf of the year. I mean, I don't know. 
I mean, let's not get it twisted. They're both. um, It's all amazing. Like if you win one major, is it doesn't matter which one it is. You're you're an unbelievable golfer. But I'd love to. It's a really tricky question to see which one is actually the most prestigious. Mm. And for me, the Masters is that. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it now. I'll give you an answer next got, week, guys. Oh, yeah, I got you thinking there. <laughs> really got you thinking. Um, right, I think we'll move on a little bit now to, to watch your beef because this sort of links in with the Masters talk yeah, and the media definitely. around my man, Bryson Schell. Bryson Fan Club is out again, guys. It's at the fan fair. <laughs> Josh's Fan Club for Bryson. That's, like, that's the theme tune, by the way. From, from the outset, it was almost like they wanted him to fail. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's almost like, oh, you're going to win, you're going to win, you're going to win, you're going to win. Ha ha, he didn't win. Yeah, and it was almost always like, oh, okay, I, I think he maybe did shoot himself in the foot a little bit with the 67 comment, but yeah. that's confidence in a, in a guy that's just won the US Open by hitting it as far as he can. Why is he not? He's not going to change his game, is he? He's going to go after it again. No. But it was almost like they were saying, even to the point of Augusta going to change things, Augusta not going to let this happen, Augusta this, Augusta that. Yeah, okay, the course ate him up a bit. But, like, why are people so, and the media, so bothered about him changing the game? The game needs change. The game needs to evolve. And he's doing that. Like, get off his back. Paul McGinley was on it, like, saying, oh, it's easy for these guys. They miss left and miss right. Bryson miss left and miss right, like, now with the technology that he's got. He was saying, like, oh, back in the day, the big hitters miss all over the place. He he can obviously miss all over the place. He clearly like, did miss all over the place. Yeah. The guy's swinging as hard as he can, everything, but... From from my point of view, fair dues to him. He didn't tail it back. He kept. He believed in what he was doing. He mm. believed in his idea of of going for it. And he he played some good golf at points throughout the weekend. He just couldn't bring it all together. But I think it was just. And you've got a point about them changing the changing the mind like the yeah, weather. Yeah. Okay. This is my beef. One thing I'm gonna say is, Sky Sports. This is not a paid ad. It'd be very nice if it was. <laughs> um. But Sky Sports did an unbelievable job. Nick Doherty absolutely class and doing that analysis of like uh, I think he did John Ram's Ram swing, swing he did yeah. Justin Johnson's swing yeah. absolutely first class well done um, but my beef with this is is when you have commentators one day going oh yeah yeah you can't do that you can't do that the next day saying oh you've got to do this you've got to do that Yeah. they just literally go with whatever way the wind blows yeah like if Bryson had, if Bryson had turned up hit it a million miles I chipped mean, on and won it had been completely different. Like, I would have knew no no need to win. Yeah, this is amazing. Look what he's doing. He's changing the game. He's revolutionising. But actually, he's been sort of not like scapegoated a little bit in the sense of we told you you can't do it. Yeah. Well, actually, I reckon next year he could come back and absolutely tear it up. And like he's just got to learn. They just need to. It's just typical media, isn't it? Yeah. You it's know like, what it is as well. It's all this traditional talk of just like, oh yes, this is what golfers do. Just mix it up. Yeah, what's just, wrong with change? What, yeah. what? It's like there's a big sort of like yeah. issue around changing the it's game. It's like you've got, you've, got to, you've got to sit there in the studio with all smart golf clothes on, get somebody in there with a hoodie on, saying it as it is, who's someone that's not going to sit on the fence and be like, yeah. oh, yes, it's uh, he played really well. And, uh, it's yes, like they're told and, what uh, they've got to say, yeah. isn't it? Just be like, God, that's a bit crap, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I, you know what? I just think it needs mixing up. My, my beef with it is... You see so much of the commentary going with whichever way the wind blows. Yeah. And that is like, let me, I guess the examples are Bryson. The examples are um, what one time, oh yeah, you, you, you don't want to miss that one left. Well, of course you don't want to miss it left. It's got water there. I don't know. Just these things are just, 
it, it just sounds to me like they just can't say what they want to say. Whether that's it's like it, yeah. like they're a little scripted. You're angling for a, for a job here, aren't you? I'm I'll go on there and say what, say what, say how it is, is, say how it I'll, really is. I'll get on there and be like, oh, yes, there's a Britain shot in there. Oh, just a lovely person, but wasn't quite a great shot there. What's his best? It's reminding me what you're saying about um, Nick Doherty and, and he had Paul McGinley with him at one point, and they were hitting the. They were talking about Rory's shot into the 12th where he stuck it in the water, right? And they had it on the on no, the it simulator. Wasn't, it wasn't the 12th. It was the 16th. The 16th, sorry. Yeah, 16th where he stuck it in the water. And um, they had him on Paul McGinley's on the simulator in his, like, smart shoes and his shit flickers, right? <laughs> and, like, Nick Dirty was stood there and Paul McGinley's talking and he's, like, trying to get him to play this shot. And it got to the point I've sat watching feeling a bit awkward because Nick Dirty's like, there's obviously someone in his ear going, oh, you up, Paul, come on. And he's just stood there talking, like, yeah, well, he sort of didn't go all the way through his batsman. He's doing this and he's doing that, and that's not Rory. He should be playing this. And it eventually got to him hitting this shot, and he stuck it straight in the water. Obviously, on the simulator, stuck it straight in the water. But then was, like, wanting to have another go. Oh, have another go. And Nick Dewey turned around and goes, it's not it's not a practice range, Paul. And, that, and they went to an ad break. It's like, Get in your box, Paul. Bloody hell, like... You know what? My other beef in this, sorry to interrupt, it's when they analyse a swing... And they go, oh, this is why this is why he hit that snap hook, or this is why he did this. You're telling me that a professional golfer whose swing doesn't change that much changes so much between. Okay, let me paint a picture, right? You've got you've got Bryson, let's say, hits a snap hook on one hole, hits it dead straight on another. Oh, this is why he hit the snap hook. They just they, they go, oh, it's technical. Yes, something technical may have changed slightly. But they forget there might be water or a bounce down the right, which will influence the yeah, swing. From a they side, just yeah. make it all about the technical side, and we and we all know, right? We don't have to be technically perfect to play a good shot. We have to be mentally nearly perfect to play a good shot. But they make an onus, and this is why golf instruction has gone too technical. They advertise golf to be this technical masterpiece, where if you don't get it right. You're finished. You're absolutely finished. But it's not. It's, they don't tell you about the whole picture. No, and this thing, and on that point, uh, Matt Wolf is a great example of how oh, technique is only probably not, a, probably not a great example this week, mate. He missed the cut. He missed the cut this week. But from his technique point of view, look how he played in the US Open. He okay, yeah. He, all he does is get the club face square at impact. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you swing the club. Jim Fury did it for years. It yeah. Doesn't matter how you swing the club. But the, it's more like you said. There's that mental side of the game. So I think. You're right in what you're saying in that they need to look at all aspects rather than just saying they don't. They don't think always hit it because situation that is influencing the shot. They just say, "Oh, the, he goes technically wrong on that." When it's not absolutely the whole story, and that's my beef with it. Excellent, but I think overall the mass itself was one of the most amazing, like. From a golfing perspective, like some of the shots that were played, Cameron Smith playing out the trees on the on oh, the final day, like unbelievable. Like the reason why we watched okay. golf. What shot of the tournament then? Well, shot of the tournament for me, it wasn't even in competition. It's got to be John Rahm skipping it across the water for a hole in one. Like it wasn't in the competition, Fair but play. that's unbelievable. Fair play. But like this is the this is the amazing thing about that, right? And why I think this match has been so different. In that there's times where we watch these golfers. DJ, John Rahm, Rory, and they describe him on, on on the commentary and the punditry as being robotic. They're like robots. They hit it a mile, they chip on, they put. They're just unbelievable. But this year, at the Masters especially, like people topping it left, right and centre, snap hooking it into the trees. 
I'm there at home thinking, bloody hell. And like, I think it's amazing to see people hitting trees. And like, normally, someone gets in the trees and they're hitting a punch shot. They're never hitting a tree. Bryson, on the first day, on that, part, on that first day, stuck it long, stuck it in the bushes, hit the next one in the water, found his one in the bushes, duffed it 10 yards. I'm there thinking, bloody hell, I've got a chance here. Just Look like at him. Just like me at Northern. <laughs> Look at him chopping it round. Like, and I think that's, it was unbelievable to see. But if the crowd's there, those shots don't really happen. Oh, you don't see him anyway. No. I'm going to give you my shot of the week. I'm going to go for, and I think they said it on the commentary yesterday, is it the first par three they come to, uh, DJ, a bit of a dodgy start. Yeah, he we went, big, what, do par, bogey, bogey, he, something like then that. Then par the par three. Par, par, par three. I think he buried the par three. But he hit that big, the like, high fade. High fade. And that, 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 that flag was literally on, like... So a, inaccessible, wasn't it? Yeah. Upside down saucepan, like... That for me was like the shot of the tournament where it's like if you if you make birdie there, you're back on. Yeah, you like that was like the foot on the throat moment, wasn't it? Like he's had that wobble, and like you said, it'd be great if he had that wobble in the back nine. But he had that wobble to start, and I even te- sent a text like, "Oh, bloody hell, he's coming late." I text my boss, Dave. Oh, he's coming Hang on, in. You actually, he texts me going, "Should I put a bet on Rory? Should I put a bet on Rory? I think I think Rory might win this. I'm gonna put a fiver on him. I'm gonna put a fiver on him." I said to him, "Rory's not gonna win. Rory's not gonna win." Yes, he is. This boy put a fiver on him. But that that but that moment, that par three moment, was the was the turning point, wasn't it? It was the no no, no foot on the throat, pedal to the metal, and I'm and I'm gonna walk this, and he did. And like my boss texted me saying, "What do you text me at, at bloody half for when he when he missed that putt?" DJ's crumbling, yeah, right, mate. But he looked dodgy. To start he did, it. didn't he? I thought, uh oh, here we go. But I think even though it was a bit of a procession at the end, it was unreal. He was quality all weekend, and he deserved to, he deserved to win. I just realised, how many times have you said Unreal today? It's the Masters, it is Unreal, isn't it? <laughs> okay, let's get... Is that get... manking me again? I apologise for my man friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into the final section of this tech talk. Now, one thing we're going to say is, me and Josh on my YouTube channel, we've got a brand new show coming up, What's in the Bad Golf Show. Basically, it's going to have three sections on the channel. One section's going to be basically reviewing golf clubs, Second section is going to be about you, how you can save money in golf, which we all know is pretty expensive. Yeah, definitely. And the final section is going to be us trading up one golf club to a set of golf clubs in which we're going to give away. There's going to be some challenge to try and get, oh get from God. one club up to a set. I don't even know if set. it's possible. I don't even know if it's possible. And I think as well, when we're talking about the review section, we're going to look at all sorts of training aids, yeah. loads of different stuff. So I hope we have a bit of a laugh when we're doing it. Uh, at the minute, it's a bit difficult with the whole lockdown situation, but we can get in a garden with a net out. Oh, we've got some golf nets, have Watch we? out the neighbours. <laughs> Especially with this boy with the Tom Hanks. Okay, so let's get into the first thing. I want to get into Cobra, obviously. Cobra, the Holy Grail. New wedge, min wedge, looks pretty pure. And especially with those Masters little flowers You're a brand ambassador, mate. Am I? Am I, <laughs> sir? Am I, sir? I think the, I think the wedge looks great. I think they've sort of piggybacking on the Masters is really good. Um, and obviously, for me, as a club golfer, I, I used to be that sort of snob, you know, gear snob kind of thing, like wanting all the best gear, wanting Cobras. And I still am really sort of Cobra. If you want to send me some, I am still begging for a pair, for a set of uh, clubs. So, but that, that wedge looks unreal. Like, yeah, but, but what difference does that wedge make to my game? That's what I want to know. So, you know, like you always hear like, oh, the pros and tour, like how do they spin it so much and how often do they have wedges and why are they doing wedges? Well, you've got to remember these guys are at the top of the game. And Josh was like, oh, I want to learn how to spin it and stop it. Yeah, that was a conversation but, we had yesterday, but, wasn't but it? But 99% of people, well, not even that, 99% of people who play their golf, especially in the UK, 
it is not possible. Like, not possible one bit. Two reasons. Three reasons. Probably four reasons, actually. Number one. <laughs> There's quite a few reasons there, mate. Number five reasons. We'll go five. <laughs> no, six. No, joking. We'll go five. Probably one, the technique's probably not good enough to do it. But that's something that I can, you can you work can control on. control that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ball. People probably don't use the right ball. Again, you can probably control that. Number three, the wedge. As in, actually, has it got enough, has it got the sharp enough grooves? Um, are they fresh grooves? Okay, so these three things you can control. Grooves, so, ball, technique. So when you say fresh grooves there, if I'm using all the club, yeah, that's going to affect yeah, how... Yeah, because the grooves aren't as sharp. Can you, can you sharpen grooves? Uh, basically, they changed from box grooves probably about five, six years ago. They made them Ill- illegal because they were like churning up golf balls and it made it really easy to spin it. It interrupts me flowing, mate. Sorry, mate. Can get back to number four. Back to his reasons. So, number four, the turf that you're hitting from is probably not tight enough. Think of it when you hit it off the range and you hit it off a mat. It's really tight turf. It can spin. And number five, the surfaces that we all play to, 90% of the time, aren't quick enough to get the ball spinning back or aren't the right receptive enough. They aren't, they aren't the right texture of grass. You look how tight the grass is, especially the masses where they're hitting from, and then how tight the turf is where it's landing and how fast the greens are. Yeah. So m- most of these reasons are actually out of our control. And you me- you mentioned that to me about looking at how tight the, the, the turf is. And I hadn't actually really noticed it and hadn't even thought about it. But you look at the, the fairways and the masses and it's like they're hitting off carpet. Yeah, but mate, Whereas... the, 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 the hard thing about that is, though, it's always into the grain. You Okay, you guys, if you listen to this podcast, go when you go... It's hard if you're, not in, the, if you're in the UK right now, you can't do this. But it, go and find something that's into the grain. Your club gets... J- digging in whereas down grain it will smoothly go across the surface like you brush your hand into the grain it's like like goes up and down down grain it's dead smooth but why is that why are they always hitting into the grain then makes it harder so they always cut the grass towards the player so the ball runs less oh. but then also it's harder to get a perfect turf especially chipping perfect strike so this is stuff that I this is stuff that we're going to learn from Alex's experience on tour I guess but that's that's something that I always thought I'd be able to do, but you've just crushed my dreams there, mate. So um, thank you. Well, mate, if we go to Florida, we go to Spain. We can we can do it. You'll teach me. I'll teach you. No, but what I'm <laughs> saying is, like, if you go into that like different grasses, the ball sits up different. Now you think if you've ever played golf abroad, like for example Spain or Portugal, the greens are a different grass, much more tighter grass when it lands. The yeah. greens are a bit quicker. The greens are a little bit more slopey, probably a little bit firmer. Um, and the turf that you're hitting from is a little bit tighter. The ball sits up a little bit differently. Whereas our English meadow grass, it just doesn't react the same unless it's cut really tight. I mean, you go and play like your top That's of the range golf course. So you go and play like a Royal Liverpool yeah, or, or a Lynx golf yeah, course, then yes, Andrews. it will be a little bit different. The grass is cut tighter. But your your average middle-of-the-road Parkland course, with the majority of us play, it is going to be so hard to do. Yes, you, I'm not saying you can't do it. It does happen. Like, it does happen. We've, we've, like, we've all played shots where you think, oh, buddy, look at a toss spin on that, lad. A bit of toss sauce, boys. <laughs> but... With it's it's harder. it's harder it's harder yeah yeah exactly excellent so right let's move on to the bags at the masters how pure are they like, I'd, so love pure. A, I'd love an absolute special edition tour bags I, I saw a few COVID did like a giveaways and stuff but we're going to get into two of the bags here just purely because of their ridiculous price like emails and if you would buy one of these like what were put it this way i'm not going to buy them so callaway's bag which again looked unbelievable. Yeah, it looked pure, didn't it? I think the I think the Taylor May one looked a bit better with the green on, especially obviously with the Dustin winning and Sorry to crush your dreams, they both had green on, mate. Yeah, I know, but Taylor May was more standout green jacket green as opposed to the darker green on the on the Callaway. I'm not gonna lie, there's probably more green on the Callaway. Oh, Alright. But anyway, <laughs> the Callaway is two hundred pounds more expensive. Six hundred and ninety nine pounds for that Callaway bag. 
It's expensive. I mean, again, we talk, talked about this two weeks ago. That's just pricey. Would, would you buy it? Would you no, buy it? No, I wouldn't. A, I'm not going to carry a tour bag round. B, because I look like a right wally. Imagine turning up at Normandy or any golf course that matter. You've got to play well, haven't you? You've got to play well with a tour oh, bag. Sorry, like, don't mind my tour bag, lads. Like, you look like a wally. I'm not playing on tour. Give me a carry bag any day. Do you know what I mean? But 699 quid as well. And the tailor made's not much better. I used to be that guy, you know. Used to be that guy as a junior who'd carry a tour bag. Oh, you've gone down in my estimation. Used to be pretty though. good there. What though. a wall used you to be are. decent though, lad. Used to be. Used, used to, to be. be. Drops it round though. Um, Beats you. Uh, but tailor made, 499 quid. Expensive enough. Why? Who's buying those bags? People are buying them. Yeah, like, bags are expensive. But what? Do you buy it just to have it in your house though? Some people do. Some people collect them. I suppose. I suppose if it, as a collector's piece, then it's fair enough. But you're not going to use it. Some people do. I know they do like the Open do one, the US Open do one, all basically Nate, brands do like icon- if, iconic bags around those, those times. If I turned up, and, and I get the brands doing it because it, it becomes a collector's piece, but if I turned up on a Saturday or any day on, in, on a comp and someone's playing with a tour <laughs> You're going to turn up at Northern and going to see someone with that Callaway one from I'm the Masters thinking, and be like, you absolute knob. What a wally, especially if you're carrying it as well. So, nah, mate, sure, behave. No one's carrying that. You, you Get Shut up. But why would you... What, so you buy it Power caddy. Power caddy, yeah. You still look like a Wally, mate. Because you, you get a trolley I mean, bag that's, I, that's not as big and that fits better on your trolley. Just after last like week's fit. beef, after last week's what's your beef, you know about me and trolleys and putting your bag in the right position. Imagine you with that. You'd be buddy putting it in the middle of the fairway and walking to the green. You'd be leaving it 30 yards behind you. Yeah, let everyone see it. <laughs> I spent 699 quid on it. <laughs> show it off. You put bloody lights in it, wouldn't you? <laughs> Check out me bag. <laughs> Look at me bag. You want to take a bloody shot for you at that price? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like I said though, as a collector's piece, then fair enough. I, I but I just don't. That's just not me, I guess. But no. there's people out there that it that it is for, and and if you've got, this is the thing though. If you've got a collection of them, I guess it, it and you've got them like in your house in a massive. Yeah, I don't know how many they make. Gear. I don't know how many they make. The, they, they can't sell that many, can they? No, I reckon they probably make a hundred. And if you get your hands, that, but I guess that's what makes it the collector's piece. And I've got the twenty twenty Masters Taylor Made bag, and especially if you get it signed by like the winner, and it's he's like say he's a Taylor Made player. Yeah, fair enough. Just but, saying. But realistically, you're not going to use it, are you? It's a lot of money to not use a bag. It is. It is. So, another sort of anyway. Masters before you related... do that, which one's your favourite, Taylor Made or Callaway one? Taylor Made. I think it looked really good. And DJ won, didn't he? And actually, I'm just going to go back to this. DJ won. If we go back to the first pod, who did I say was going to win? Anyway, moving swiftly on. Didn't back uh, myself, though, did I? No, didn't put the bet on, did you, lad? <laughs> Sat there going, nah, he's not going to win here. He's going to crumble. Me put on one for, me put on Rory on. Shut up. <laughs> but another, another Let's thing. Let's get on to Rory, actually. Yeah. And, and this has come out around the Masters. His ball, his tailor made ball with a peach on it. Why, Josh? Why? We've done some research it, on this, haven't we? It didn't make any sense to me. I was a bit, I was a bit like, why has he got a peach on his ball? What's that? What's that pointing towards? Thinking it was just a, a Rory thing, but actually, and this is, it's because the third hole. You get your notes out. Get mate. me notes out. Made a note on this. This is an informative podcast. The third hole. I don't know. Well, before you say it, I think today's has been quite informative. It's been a little bit more serious than normal. Some stat. Yeah, but it's Masters Week, isn't it? It's very true. Apart from the fact that my story. But so. Back to the ball. That's rudely interrupted. The third hole is called Flowering Peach, which is why he had a peach on there. And this I don't really get. You know what my immediate reaction was? Why didn't he choose the 10th? Because that's the one that absolutely destroyed him. And he was about to win. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? It's a bit like, a bit imagine, like facing your enemies. Imagine like, that reminder every yeah. time you go to hit the ball. Oh, it, oh, it's 
room around. I've actually got another question for you in the Masters, but tell us that story. So, and then the famous ice cream peach sandwich. I'm assuming this is like a wafer, yeah. ice cream wafer job. As, 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 as an English man, I think sandwich, I think like an actual sandwich with bread. Yeah, bread. I'm not, I'm not sure you put in ice cream on bread, but I'm thinking it's like a wafer. But that's a peach ice cream sandwich that apparently is a big thing around Augusta, which I didn't know. No. So there you go informative the reason why Rory had a peach on his ball is because of the third hole and the sandwich the one ice cream sandwich. you didn't know about the Masters there from Joshua go. Kinder <laughs> Kinder's surprise so go on what was your back to you thing about the thank Masters thank you for Kinder's surprise alright uh, okay so Tiger making a 10 right yeah it's pretty big news isn't it the biggest news pretty probably pretty big news like probably I think, I think it's his highest score ever I think it's the second highest score ever yeah. as well okay so as a caddy, and your man's not played that hole yet, so obviously you can see some of the scoreboards and you can see the breakdown of the scores. Yeah. Do you go, bloody hell, DJ, look at Tiger here making a 10. Do you tell him? Do you, or you're like... No, no, I go, don't worry about that scoreboard, mate. I'll, I'll deal with that. I'll tell you what you need to know. Right? Imagine, imagine, you're walking, imagine you're walking down the 11th, right? And you see the scoreboard and you're about to play that hole and, and Tiger Woods, the greatest golfer of all time, or one of the greatest golfers of all time, has just made a 10. Imagine, he hit it in the water twice. But imagine there's a crowd there. You can definitely hear some people going, oh, Tiger has oh. made a 10 here. I'm crumbling, mate. I'm back to back to Northern and first, all duffing it off the team, mate. That's what I'll be doing. I'll be so, I'll be, I'll be laying up. It's it short. It's it short. I actually put something out on my uh, Instagram and stuff about, like, where would you hit it? And some people went, oh, I'd lay up. Lay up. I'd lay up. I'd lay up. <laughs> lay I'd, up and I'd chip on. Lay up to the bridge, put it over the bridge, <laughs> chip it down. Put it over there. Like, turn it into crazy golf. What it is, guys, you've got to use the bridge and get it over. But, like, but what? here's another thing. What do you say is your Tigers caddy? I'd be like, don't worry about it, boss. We'll just walk in now. He looked like he wanted to explode, didn't he? But he didn't look he didn't look happy all week, I don't think. He had issues with his back. He was bending there was points where he was bending. But on bending Thursday he looked ball. brilliant. You know what? I think shafted him royally was having to play twenty seven holes in one day. Yeah. Yeah, having to play play the put that extra effort in to play the yeah. extra nine holes and I think that was a bit of an anticlimax to start it all, wasn't it, with that rain. Everyone was a bit gutted about it. But how much rain was there and how quick did it go? Well, the, the amount of green stuff they got there. It's not you like they got, you not must... got one boy running around with a squidgy, is it? Like you got about <laughs> Hundred of the hundred of them. Have you, seen that, have you seen that video of them cutting the grass at the Masters, where, the, where all the um, all in a row? Yeah, it's yeah. That, mate, that is just like golf porn. Wow, it's getting a bit excited over it. <laughs> anyway, right. last thing on, on that note, last thing on tech talk: the long drivers. I'm not talking about people in it a long way. We know Bryson does, but that driver length. So Bryson come out and said that he's going to try a 48 inch driver. Right, get that little bit extra ball speed. Get that little bit extra distance. Phil Mickelson used a 46-inch driver, 46.5-inch, 47-inch driver. Yeah, I think tour average is like 44.5, 45. Like, if I'm... Which is actually smaller, if you didn't know, than the ones you guys buy. Because the reasons why increased clubhead speed, longer shaft, more chance of it being swung quicker, basically, longer and lighter. But then, why... Why are they having a short one? Is it more looking for that control? More control. They can swing it fast anyway. Yeah, true. But then... So if I'm Bryson now, he's saying he said he's gonna he's been testing the forty eight inch driver. After his performance with whatever however long the driver was he used, are you really gonna then add another two inches onto it and potentially put it even more all over the planet? Like Phil Mixon did it and I think his comment was, I'm driving it like a stallion. Like you, you know what he's like and Back to we talked about Phil and Tiger last week. At one point I thought we were gonna have the old showdown between them two because they both started off class. Mm. But 
is it is it really going to make that much difference at that level? It's like we're talking about Brighton driving it a long way, but well, the stats show on strokes gain. You hit it further, you got yeah. more chance of hitting it closer. But then you, you you're sacrificing being able to try to keep it on the bloody planet. Yeah, and I get and I and I guess this is where Brighton and people like Brighton have to look at it and say, well, hold on a minute, I have to find a balance here, and maybe that's not the way to go. I can already hit it a mile. Yeah. Like, why don't I just stick with that? Keep hitting it a mile rather than trying to get that a little bit more, that little bit more, because at some point. It's got a, it's gonna peak and then it's just gonna right. trough again. It's gonna have it's like gonna be it did shit, this weekend. Champagne, isn't it? Yeah, and that and that's thinking. But can he sustainably do that? Surely, for me, while he's the age he is, because he, he's not gonna be able to swim the club like he is now. No, and in the start when he starts losing muscle mass, he's neat. I just don't get how he's not got injured. Well, that he could has, be something got, on this weekend. He's got a headache, mate. He feels dizzy. But, but. Do, so, from a club golfer perspective, I'm assuming you would never advise going no. to that. Because most people would just wang it all over the gaff. So, but, so, so it's not going to make no, that difference mean, at our level, at my level. The shafts that people buy at retail are longer anyway. That's how, that's how basically, they tell you you're gonna, you increase your club head speed. They make a lighter shaft, make a light head, and make the shaft longer. Gives you the ability to swing it faster. So, here's the question then. For your more athletic golfer... Yeah. What that that can that can get the rotation that can get yeah, the well, power me, get I've, the got a, I've got a shorter shaft. Well, I was gonna say like like would would you say to would you say to I don't this want to know a, about this that. Is a, this is a golf podcast, guys. <laughs> would you say to me, why don't you cut, cut it down a few inches? You get that more control. Definitely potentially help you. Right, yeah, it's in the car. Get that sore out. <laughs> just what you do is mate, just open your car door a little bit, leave a bit off the end, and smash it quickly <laughs> on it, and then you're in. That's it. You cut it down. Or is the other thing the other side of it? If you if you've not got the facility to regrip and, and and cut your shaft down, do you just choke down on the club? Does that make the difference? Yeah, hundred percent. Because you're 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 shortening the lever. Like if you were hitting a half a pitch shot, you would definitely grip down a little bit. Because because this is the other thing that I noticed as well. You're looking at those guys, and when I when I grip my club, I'm I'm leaving them like maybe an inch at the top. Yeah. Those not, well not half an inch at the top. Those guys are gri- like Bryson is gripping past the end of his club. Like he's making that club as long as it can possibly be. With fat grips on it like and, and that's another thing and we'll touch on that actually the grips how much does that make a difference what does that do for so it so basically you got to imagine right imagine imagine gripping a pencil okay and imagine got a pen in my hand okay imagine gripping a pen put it in your hand yep grip it like a golf club okay so imagine move your hands now it becomes quite easy to move doesn't it right okay imagine that's thicker more your hands have to be engaged in the whole thing so it's basically taking his hands out of the equation right okay so he's, so it so it's not allowing him to release the club as much. No, exactly. Right. Okay. So it's, again, provide, trying to provide more control. More control. Which I guess. And he gets the speed from his body movement. Yeah. So I guess when you look at him trying to hit it a million miles, that he's trying to stop him hitting it all over the planet because he's not going to be able to do that with his normal. Exactly. Exactly. Very interesting. Very interesting. Go. See, this is an informative podcast. It is today. I feel like it is. So today. if you want more control, shorten your clubs, fatter grips. And you'll hit it really short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you'll lose about 50 yards, but it'll go straight. Hit more fairways, you'll be short and straight. Never lose a ball. You don't have to buy bridge stones every week like this, boy. You say that. Tyson lost the ball. Tyson? Tyson. Bryson. Oh, my God. Bloody Crumbled. This boy is Bryson lost the ball in the rough. He's not short and straight. Yeah, no, but this is something that, that I found really relatable. We've all, all those club golfers, even you, you've been in that position where you've hit a ball just a little bit wayward, leaves, oh, ball's yeah. gone. There wasn't even any leaves and he couldn't find it. Yeah, especially this time. He would have definitely found that. If it was the Masters where patrons were there, it would have, well, more patrons were there. 
You 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 would have definitely definitely. Then it, uh, last thing I'm gonna talk about um, to wrap up the podcast. Was it me or did it seem really awkward when Tiger was passing DJ the jacket? And he like he like, yeah, like creeped, shuffled, creeped yeah, off yeah. the back like he shuffled away. Like shuffling out of camera like whoop, that'd be me to go then. Here's, here's something that, that, that I mentioned to you as well is like what happens when Ti- if Tiger won it again? Does he do he get it out of the cupboard and put it on himself? Like just balls in there, knee slides oh, in there. Yeah, rolls in with one on and puts another one over the top. Like. No, I think I think what you do is if you are if you win it again, you, the person who won it the other year puts it on you ah so they get they go back in again and we were talking about this when uh, DJ walked in with and Bubba Watson was there yeah. and he was like he had his green jacket on and he was like oh he always wanted one of them and it was almost like Bubba was like I've got two mates so turn around and went Bubba going yeah but you only got one mate you only got one so on the week where we've all all those golfers have been watching the Masters biggest week of the year does now next week there's another competition Next week, a bit of an anticlimax. It's got to feel away in it a little it's bit. Like, it's like, how do you compete with that? But like, you've got the likes of Sung Jae that playing 30, 30 odd events a year. Mm. He doesn't have a residency. He's just playing golf, golf, golf. He just goes on to the next one. But like... I think you'll find a lot of the big guys will not play. Will you no. I mean, I looked at, look, looked at the field for next week and you've got not the big, big guys, but Till Hatton's in there, Tommy Fleetwood's in there. Okay, there's no DJ. There's I think no you'll get those guys because they'll come over for a swing. You'll find they'll play the week before or they've been out there for three or four weeks. They'll stay out there till the end of Christmas and then come home. Yeah. So like... But we'll review that next week. Yeah. And this is the thing, it's a chance, there's a, there's a big purse on it, six, six million dollars on it. Well, especially if you're Tommy Fleetwood or someone like that and you win a PJ Tour event, exemptions all opens an absolute world opportunities. Absolutely. Right, well, I think that wraps it up for this week. Definitely does. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This is episode three. We are really enjoying these podcasts, uh, and we really appreciate if you could share them to people and yeah. anybody that you think would benefit. Pass benefit, it on to all your mates. It. Yeah. Pass it on to golf all your golf clubs. Club. Yeah, yeah. put a golf email out for us. We'd really appreciate that. Um, your support has been mint so far, but our goal is we want to make the biggest golf podcast. That's basically... Talking like a club golfer. That's a big statement, that. Ah, we'll take them down, mate. We're coming for it. We're coming for it. Guys, thank you so much. Stay safe and... See you next week. Tune in on Friday to watch... Oh, yeah. ...What's in the Bag Show.